Hello and welcome to Mindful Warrior Radio. My name is Cami Craig. I'm a former elite athlete and Olympic champion turned performance and culture design coach at Mindful Warrior. And I'm your host of Mindful Warrior Radio. Mindful Warrior Radio is a space we created to connect with incredible humans to share brave stories, authentic insight, and real knowledge. We're so happy to have you joining us. I'm excited to introduce our guest today, Eva Boynton. She's a part of the Mindful Warrior team and works as a visual content creator, which means she produces inspiring graphics to help clarify content. She graduated from Evergreen State College, where she studied environmental anthropology and visual art. Eva grew up swimming and surfing in the Pacific Ocean while adventuring to the mountains of France and Switzerland with her father's hiking and cycling tours. She also hiked in the Himalayas in India and studied in the Peruvian Amazon and cycled more than 3,000 miles over two years from Monterey, California to Guatemala with a surfboard in tow. Eva leads weekly surf, hiking, and stewardship trips for high school called Stevenson School. And Eva loves connecting with people from around the world through art and outdoors. I'm looking forward to how all of this connects to Eva's creativity. I'd like to give a warm welcome to my colleague, Eva Boynton. I actually would love for you to start by introducing yourself. Eva is a mindful warrior teammate of mine. She is a visual content creator Um, but also really wears many hats within Mindful Warrior. Um, She does a lot of research and pulling resources. She's coming alongside Cornelia as she is writing a book at the moment. And uh, Eva is capable of doing many, many things. So we're excited to have her on today and really talk about creativity and and your connection to that. Um, Welcome, Eva. Thanks so much, Cami. Happy to be here. Awesome. So Eva, I would love to start by um, just asking you, what is a visual content creator? Like, this was a new role to me when I came onto the team. And I'm like, you do what? That's so cool. <laughs> would you mind describing a little bit about what that is and and your role within Mindful Warrior? Sure. Sure. Yeah, for me, um, uh, the meaning of content creator is visual content creator has kind of developed over time. Um, in the beginning, it was just kind of try uh, applying uh, my visual skills, I think, with um, interpreting and translating kind of harder concepts or um, uh, complica- complex co- concepts into something a little bit more palatable. Um, and for me, that's through visuals. So um, I approached Cornelia when I was working with her in a education program, core leadership as an outdoor educator. I've been going through the program and really excited by all the things she was teaching. And I was taking furiously like a bunch of notes. And so I ended up approaching her saying, would you be interested in working on some visuals for the program? And so it kind of started out of that. And so it was very like, you know, note taking in the beginning on paper and kind of translated into like um, graphic design, computer work to create visuals to help translate 
her ideas into either PowerPoints or just something to help her understand to her own concepts. And that's been interesting along the way with her book process too. So I often will do a lot of mind mapping is one term to call it where you um, read something and then translate it into like a visual kind of outline. And that just helps me process. I do that when I read books often and notes on the sides. And usually my books are kind of covered and highlighted. I just need things to be more visual um, than they usually are. So I have to kind of adapt it to that. And so it's just been wonderful to have a position where I get to do that for work and assist Cornelia in her her process and the team um, in whatever way I can to adapt ideas into something. Yeah. I love that. that you can understand different ways. Yeah, I love that. And it's so fascinating because it's not at all, you know, that's, I think, the beauty and the strength of our team is that we all kind of, um, we have different approaches in the work that we do. And it's fascinating to me to think about you reading a book and it just be covered with like highlights and underlines and scribbles and pictures and things like that, because that's, to me, would be almost overwhelming to have all of that on my page. But yet here you're curating, pulling things out of words and uh, spoken words, written words. And, you know, I've been able to witness some of those brainstorming sessions that you've had with Cornelia and it's quite phenomenal what comes up for you. So I appreciate you kind of breaking that down and sharing that with us. As I've gotten to know you, Eva, you are a pretty dynamic individual. You're a creative, you're an athlete, you're a surfer. Um, you're a dog lover, you know, let's not forget about that. (laughs) But there's these, you know, you've done these incredible trips where you're traveling the world on bike, right? Mm -hmm. You know, I I bring that up in your intro. Mm -hmm. But there's, you've been able to kind of have this whole life experience. And I'm, I'm curious of how has that led or inspired your creativity, led you to your creativity Mm -hmm. or inspired your creativity? Um, Is this a gift that you noticed you had when you were younger? How did you kind of get to this position that you're at today? And how did your life play a role in that? Mm -hmm. Um, I guess I'll start when I was younger. Um, I just, I think I started out listening to book tapes when there were tapes uh, for books. Mm -hmm. Um, And uh, I would draw along with them and that helped me listen to them. And I just kind of started to understand that in order for me to listen and retain things, I had to draw at the same time, remove my hand in some way. Um, And oftentimes, like I remember I'd look back at a drawing and remember where I was in the book that I was listening to or... Now it might be a podcast or something, but, um, Mm -hmm. so I remember, and, and often it would help me in school. So like, if I was taking a test, I could remember my notes, the answer I would find on the notes due to like a drawing or the way that I wrote it on a page. And so I would remember the way that it looked to Mm -hmm. answer the question on a test. Yes. Um, and so that was like my way to adapt in school to like remembering things that I couldn't remember just by sound or by memory, by studying, like, with note cards and things like that. Um, But note cards did help if it was, like, a visual component. So anything visual really helped me in school. So that was kind of the start where I started to recognize that it was, like, a tool. I often got in trouble for it. So I I did – I kind of knew it was a a tool, but I also knew it was, like, a problem. Right. (laughs) I was going to ask, I was, like, scribbling. 
Yeah. Yes. I like would, I would turn in notes and, or like tests or things that would, you know, sometimes have like maybe a cartoon of the teacher. Yeah. Yeah. (laughs) And some enjoyed it, some did, but it would, it was, it was a subject that I could use to like then listen to them speaking. It wasn't to, you know, make fun of them or anything like that. It was just to help me understand what they were saying and remember dates or storylines. And so some, some people did encourage it and some people were a little bit like, hmm are you really paying attention? So that was, um, you know, up and down then. But uh, yeah, I think then um, after I graduated high school, um, I went straight to college and just that, that timeline didn't really work for me. It was just too quick. Mm -hmm. And so I ended up taking some time off, um, started to learn about how travel was really important to me. And it's been kind of a family thing. I've been really fortunate to be in a family that supports traveling and adventuring mm-hmm. and finding kind of, um, in, you know, new ways to see things yes. through being in different places, different cultures with different people. Um, so I just, you know, started to develop like a, a need and interest to, to explore. And often I would draw during those times. And um, I think, on bicycle and speci- specifically, um, I ended up, you know, bicycling from Monterey, California to Guatemala over two years. Oh my goodness. And that process was quite a journey and so many things to learn from. Like and uh, so grateful to have the opportunity to do it. But it definitely gave me some, I think, tools of adapt, like adapting to different situations, seeing opportunities and in times that are difficult um, Mm -hmm. and just learning from challenge and also a lot of teamwork uh, with the people I was I was on bicycle with um, and just the respect respecting the different places and so much and gratefulness for like all the hospitality I received Mm -hmm. so I Mm -hmm. think there's been a lot of interesting exposure to um, different ways of thinking and approaching um, life that has helped me, I think, be a creative person. Yes, uh, yes. Through those travels, I'm curious. Of so, you naturally were drawn to drawing out your notes, and then traveling mm-hmm. and being in different cultures and meeting new people, and you know, having to adapt and being open to different ways of thinking. Definitely, mm-hmm. you're connecting to how it's connected to your creativity. I'm curious how mm-hmm. surfing or athletics connects to your creativity because those were definitely big mm-hmm. identities or parts of you at different times in your life and maybe still are. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, even, yeah, cycling too is like there's always mm-hmm. something, always been something physical. And I think um, that I always, there, it's interesting to think about like, it's like a partnership between the, for me, like the movement and physical connection to my body and art um, and creativity. Mm-hmm. So like it, it's one way that I get excited to work on a project or rejuvenated or refreshed or out of a rut or any of those things yeah. helps when I really move. And especially when I get submerged in water, as you, as you yes. know, and can identify with as well. Yes. And I think you know, it connects you, especially when it's out in nature for me. I think it it helps me connect to a bigger a bigger picture mm-hmm. um, that I can usually come back and see, um, create like whatever project I'm working on with new eyes or yeah. a little bit different perspective or help me just kind of get back into the flow of things. 
And so that's how movement has connected to your creativity. But I'm also curious, how does creativity connect to your movement? Like, mm-hmm. you know, in my mind, what's popping up, you're like, I cycle, I surf, you know, I know that you played rugby in high school. And there's some, mm-hmm. there's some <laughs> grit to some of this movement that you've experienced. Mm-hmm. Um, but like, mm-hmm. I don't know why you were talking something like around dance popped up. Like, I don't know if you're like, mm-hmm. you know, creative in your movement. Yeah. You do? Yeah. What is your relationship yeah, with that? I do. Uh, with music or just in, or the, what your question was? The question that. of like, yeah, how does your mm-hmm. creativity connect back to your movement? Well, it's funny. So I'll, I'll tell you a little, a weird story. And Love a weird story. There's more to it. There's more <laughs> okay. to it than just, okay, I'll, I'll explain a little bit. So I, I broke my foot at a practice for rugby and I had to go into surgery, foot surgery. And after I woke up from surgery, um, I was definitely had anesthesia, so I was about out of it. And yes. um, I heard the nurse come in and say, like, you know, I was I actually woke up crying, and I think that can be one effect from anesthesia. And and I'm just I'm naturally also a very um, sensitive person, emotional. Like my emotions are on the surface a lot of times, and that's always been difficult in sport. Um, but it's been an interesting part of it as well. Um, Anyway, so when I woke up from surgery and I was crying and this nurse came in and asked one of the other nurses, is she okay? And the other one said, oh, she's a rugby player. She'll, she's, she's fine. And then I just yelled out, but I'm a sensitive artist too. Oh and so it was just a funny, like, I was like, but I'm also this. I and that. not that always it means you're sensitive because I think there is a grit to art as well. Mm-hmm. And there's a grit to the commitment. Um, I get to the doubt of it all the time um, and why you're doing it. But there is a sensitivity that I get from, I think, being creative that I bring to sports as well. And I think it's an extremely um, significant tool and skill that I've had to hone over time for other reasons and strategies, you know, but um but I have seen it play a significant role in my teamwork and oh. in my ability to see the field mm-hmm. and what's happening on it and then be very specific on what my role needs to be. And those sensitivities have helped me, I think, as a creative person, see like a panoramic view, but then mm-hmm. also like the focus detail, like, okay, what needs to get done this moment? Yes, Ava, that was so cool to hear. I think, first of all, you know, you saying, yes, but I'm a sensitive artist as well, you know, following your surgery. And I think like as an athlete and as someone that's been identified as an athlete and it's become my identity in many ways, playing at the levels in which I played, um, you know, I think that really resonated for me because there is so much more to who we are as humans. And so I love that that part of you surfaced. Um, and I love to hear about how those sensitive sensitivities connect with um, how you're working in in a team and in a group and how you're reading the field. Like immediately what mm-hmm. popped up in my mind, you know, my position's an interesting position in water polo. I'm the center. So I would say I'm the Shaquille O'Neal of water polo. I sit right in the middle and the mm-hmm. offense is ran <laughs> around me, but the defense is behind my back. And so I have mm-hmm. to feel and be sensitive to the movements of this defender Mm -hmm. as they're moving Mm -hmm. around me. It's not like I can watch them and move with them. 
I literally had to feel like when my defender started tensing their muscles and started shifting mm-hmm. one way or the mm-hmm. one way or the other, and I had to match that because it was all about keeping them behind me and holding that mm-hmm. water. But I think mm-hmm. you know it, it, that really came up of just like how in tune. And like, I think intuitive and sensitivity, they can go hand in hand when we're talking about athletics. Mm -hmm. And I'm, you know, I'm speaking Mm -hmm. about literally tensing of muscles to be able to read body position in the sport that I'm playing. And it's so cool to hear how you articulated that and what that brought up, you know? Um, And I think a lot Mm -hmm. of athletes can relate to the importance of that, but, you know, and even athletics having a really like masculine energy and a tough energy and really, you know, you've got to be hard, Mm -hmm. uh, in sports. And I think there are parts of your game that you absolutely have to, and then there's parts where you have Mm -hmm. to be soft and sensitive. And I think that probably Mm -hmm. varies your percentage in whatever sport that you're playing, but really cool to hear how that elevated your performance as an athlete, as you brought creativity in and how movement, and athletics helps you, you know, have clarity in your creativity. Really cool exchange to be able to play off of each other. Um, really neat. I'm curious. Oh, uh, nice, yeah. yeah. Anything kind of any thoughts coming up for you as I play that back to you? Yeah. I mean, it's not always it's not always perfect, and it, it struggles not. a lot. Those two, you know, all those pieces, as you mm-hmm. know. But um, I do. I think when you were talking about it it does feel like that, that sensitivity as well as like the grit at the same time, that combination is like a kind of language and a way to communicate. And I think, you know, when, like you were saying, you had to recognize those muscle movements in your teammate. I felt like I had to do that with the emotional muscles of my teammates and like to figure out where everybody was at so that if somebody Mm -hmm. needed something like that was the role that I always enjoyed playing was like either you know, patting someone on the back when they need it or just like, let's get this done together. You know, so I really enjoyed reading the room and Mm -hmm. figuring out like what, yeah, how the energy of the team was working and that always, yeah. That's really cool. Like a a way to communicate. Yeah, that's so in line with our culture design of just, you know, checking in with self and then being able to check in with others and seeing where they're at. Mm -hmm. Um, And such an important role and to have that maturity with in the age of like being high school age is really, really cool. Um, Because I think that's something that, you know, I had to develop over time. Um, And so it's neat to hear that you got to experience that Um, and the importance. I definitely got pegged for it though, too, in high school. I definitely got pegged. You did? How so? Yeah, I I definitely have have had done um, some work like to get over some stuff of like being shamed about it in public on the team by coaches who didn't understand what I was trying to do and who I was. So I like it was a it was a constant struggle because I think Mm. I knew how important it was to me. But I also witnessed like, yeah it not being acceptable as well by some people. Yeah. So it's, it's for those out there who it's not an easy path, but it's a, a worthy one. And it's so important. Sure. It's so important and for so the dynamic fun. of a team. Mm-hmm. Um, Definitely. Re- really cool. Thanks for naming that. Um, I'm curious of how would you define your relationship to creativity? And let's say like in this moment, cause I'm sure that's always changing for mm-hmm. you. Mm-hmm. Um, hmm. well, right now, just with, you know, events that are happening around the world, uh, I think I'm, I'm, I've been thinking a lot about it in the way of as a response and Mm -hmm. 
um, how I just, how do I respond creatively um, to what I hear, what I'm witnessing. Um, And I think because because creativity, I feel like is aligned with like um, just the core of my person and, um, and who I am. It's kind of like, there's an urge. I was just talking to a friend about how, she was kind of asking me like, why do you, why do you want to make art or what, what, you know, or why do you uh, like being creative? And yeah. I said, it's less of a like, it's more of a need. And yeah. it's, it, there's something in you that um, like, there's like an itch always, if I'm not doing something or if I'm not making the work that I know I need to be making, there's an itch in the back of my head saying yes. like, when are you going to do it? When are you going to express this yes. in this way? Yeah. Um, and so it feels very jumbled in my mind until I, I, I try to put it down on paper in some way. Yeah. Um, and so it is, it is like a necessity for my person to mm-hmm. respond in that way. Um, is it a form of yeah. communication for you? Like I'm almost hearing like, how do I respond? Like I have these emotions, these feelings, these thoughts and it, you know, I don't know if this lands for you, but it almost sounds like it's almost a form of communication. Like once it's on the paper or, mm-hmm. you know, whatever your yeah. outlet of creativity is for, for that. Um, it's like, okay, now mm-hmm. it's out. Like that itch has been scratched and like, I got to like process produce and now here it is. And it's like, it's been, it's been said, if you will, or it's been expressed, if you will. Yeah. It feels like it's a communication with myself and like what I'm processing and what Mm -hmm. I'm going through and also with the outer world as well. And, and kind of like a, a a devotion of time to a subject to give it compassion. And William Kentridge, I think said something, he's an artist from South Africa that talked about um, applying or just the, the commitment to time to a subject is, is a, um, a commitment of compassion to the subject as well. Mm-hmm. And I think um, it allows me to, when I feel like I can't do nothing, I can't do something in the moment, it, it allows me to respond in a way that feels like it's a compassionate response mm-hmm. to myself and the subject I'm thinking about. Yeah. yeah. Wow. That's pretty awesome. I think <laughs> I'm like, I'm thinking about the things that I've really, you know, put commitment, a commitment of time into, mm-hmm. Um, and it's, Mm. and Mm -hmm. you use the word compassion, but I think even like, you know, for me, it's just like, there's such a care in it and it's, it's purposeful, Mm -hmm. you know, the time that is committed to whatever it is, you know, I think about like just over and over showing up to that pool in the same lane and putting Mm -hmm. my toes on the edge of the same deck and like jumping in and knowing that I was just going to get thrashed in practice, like over and over and over Mm -hmm. again. And I committed to that time and, Mm -hmm. you know, it it showed, you know, you connected it to compassion, but it's like, there was such a care and purpose in it as well. Do you you feel like it it solidifies to your, your value of it, your value of the time put it or like of the thing that you're doing because you're committing the time? Yeah, I think so. And I think, you know, it's interesting. I, Mike Erica was our last guest and we were talking about like, why do we do what we do? Why do you go through the torture of like, you know, working on a piece for as long as you have, or his process Mm -hmm. of writing the book, or even how that reflects on like Cornelia in the pocket of writing her book or me doing these crazy, you know, training days. And, Mm -hmm. um, you know, it's almost hard to say the why, but it is for me, Mm -hmm. it's like, it's all surrounded by like value and, and, um, like 
value and purpose and meaning. And like, I'm not really clear why I would like choose to do that, but I love it, but I hate it. And like, you know, it's like all those things that it's really (laughs) hard. It's like, I don't really understand the why, but I just keep doing it. And it like, it's filling Mm me (laughs) in some sort of way. Yeah. Um, Yeah. I can relate to the love hate relationship. (laughs) Yeah. I often say that about art. Like, do you like, yeah, it's a love hate thing, you know, but there is, there's like that motivation. It's yep. like they're sustain. It's sustaining something. Yep. And it and it. I think it's something that has to do with like the core, you know, yeah. need. Well, we I mean, and if it's yeah. a form of expression for you, I mean, that's one little mm-hmm. nugget that we just pulled out from this is that it's a it's a it's a lane of communication for you. Um, mm-hmm. Yeah. It's it's interesting because I think you've connected a little bit of movement feeding your creativity um, and help mm-hmm. helping to produce creativity. Um, and then kind of a response to things that are going on around you feed your mm-hmm. creativity. But what else would you say feeds your creativity? Hmm. Yeah. Um, let's see. Um, I think other forms of connection, I think, I mean, uh, with people I know or, or like a moment on the street with a stranger, I think, Um, I really enjoy small moments um, Mm -hmm. of connection and I think they feel I like to expand them in in creatively like in in my artwork and or just to explore them further because I think for me those are like the delights of life or Mm -hmm. or just these like small moments of connection that are maybe unexpected um, but kind of they kind of stay with you yep um, and just like a, a look from a person or just mm-hmm. like a a gesture or something. And I think, yeah, I think my relationships to people and to, you know, the natural world, I think those things really feed my creativity. Little fuzzy creatures like a dog always yeah. help too. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I love it. Um, you have a pretty cute dog, Charlie. We we're big fans <laughs> of him. Um, so we're talking a little bit about how like, creativity comes to you and you almost have to get it out, right? Like this itch. What Mm -hmm. happens when that creativity isn't coming to you and flowing out of you? Like Mm -hmm. when, when you're having a hard time, you know, finding those little moments or, you know, um, Mm -hmm. creating creativity. Start ripping the paper. Yeah. Right. You're like, (laughs) (laughs) but like erase so much that it rips the paper that has happened. There's like a hole in it. You know, I've definitely split boards. I mean, like, yes, there's definitely a whole yes, yeah. thing of, yeah, getting so frustrated. Tell me a little and, bit about that. Mm-hmm. I mean, we've all been through funks, whether it's mm-hmm. like in your workflow and your athletic flow and your creative flow, where we've gone through these like really clunky periods or you feel like, you know, the writer's block of creativity. Mm-hmm. Um, have you experienced these? And like, what do you do when you're in that place? Yeah, um, I I definitely have experiences, and they can happen often. Um, and in small ways, they can happen in small ways, but then they can happen in bigger ways that stop you for a while. Mm-hmm. Uh, I think the small ways are a little bit easier to manage. So they like, you know, if I'm just not feeling the flow of of the of creativity in the moment, whatever I'm working on, whether it's at work or like my own personal work. Um, I think, yeah, there's a couple things that like just practical things I like to do, which is, you know, one getting outside, obviously I've mentioned and moving. So like just, you know, small little walk or something mm-hmm. or um, interacting in some way outside. There's a, a little technique 
uh, from figure drawing I've mentioned um, on the team before called uh, switch switch your hands and often in in the figure drawing classes they'll have you use your non-dominant hand to mm. loosen up your dominant hand so sometimes you know like our dominant muscles will get real just kind of overused and, and it's not like fresh a sub anymore. And you're so... subbing in with your left hand to give your right yes. hand a break yeah, exactly. or vice versa depending on yeah. your dominant hand that's super interesting and you kind of have to surrender because like to like maybe not looking the way you wanted it to but then something kind of unique comes out of that as well so sometimes you get inspired by the work of something that you think is going to be worse because you use something that you're not used to um, and so often you can apply that in different ways you know on it on a team or in a partnership or something I think by just trying a, a different role that you're not used to mm-hmm. um, then going back to the role that you have and I think it just helps with the perspective and loosens up your own muscles and roles yeah and I like setting up space if I can mm-hmm. um, I just work out of my home right now so just trying to um, make the space feel creative and I usually like to start with writing as well like what like a little bit of like an intention to set because yeah. um, writing has less pressure for me for some reason mm. as like an, a creative process than drawing or um, my other kinds of artwork. Yeah. So it helps loosen my mind a little bit. Yeah. To like, okay, this is kind of what I'm interested in doing today or like I don't want to just set out to like perfect something and that I'm really working on because I, 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 can, I can get in that world too. And that can be oftentimes my, my rut will be from perfectionism and I've been working that, on that one for a while. So cool. Even to um, bring that up, I think, you know, like as a high performer, perfectionism is, you know, is something that I'm constantly working with as well. But I, I love this idea of starting with something that has is a little bit like less pressure on you. Right. Like to start getting mm-hmm. the momentum and getting that going and building into the flow rather than sitting down and saying, OK, make a masterpiece, you know, like nail it. I mean, how intimidating is that? (laughs) Right. Um, and such a cool way and it can be paralyzing. I think about how many, how many of us are, you know, like squarely in our perfectionism and we go and we want to embark on something and we're paralyzed by it or frozen by it because, we're not giving that grace period or those almost like warm up. It's like warming up for a game. You don't just jump in and like, Mm -hmm. think you're going to just, you know, get the job done. You've got to get your body like moving. You got to get the blood flowing. You got to get like the muscles stretched out. And that's what it sounds like writing is for you in the creative process, Mm -hmm. which is, that's such a cool thing and would be so helpful for whoever's listening of like, you know, start with the little things that are less intimidating, you know, start with the small Mm -hmm. steps and, and see what, where it takes you. Mm -hmm. Definitely. And if, even if it's like not your exact um, medium or something, you know, for in whatever scenario that is, but it's kind of helpful to not, I've noticed, I, I used to try just drawing more loosely and that's another way to loosen up for an artist, like to kind of do quick little, um, not like have a time limit, um, on how long you can do your first couple of drawings and then give more time to the later one that you're trying to, um, work on harder. But I think even beyond that for me, it's like not even being in that medium first to be creative in a different way is even more helpful. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Have these been, have these skill sets been taught to you or is this truly like through learning and experiencing and changing? Cause I would imagine like creativity has evolved for you. Like it was your passion. Then it was, you know, the way that you 
took notes and you process now it's a job. Right. And so there's deadlines and there's timelines and there's things like that. So, um, I'm curious of like, have you just constantly been a student of, um, your own experience and, and having to figure out these skill sets as you've gone? Is there anyone that has influenced you? Have you been taught this in different ways? Like how have you learned to get through some of these clunkier times? Only me. I'm the yeah. only one that knows. No, I'm just kidding. I, <laughs> but kind of, you know, really. Like, no, no, no. Lots of help. Lots of help. Lots of yeah. models. Lots of, um, you know, my mom's uh, an artist as well and an art teacher. So I, I think, you know, just her influencing me. And like, I didn't see her doing a, a lot of art. when I mean, I did in different ways, but not what she um, practiced as a younger adult. She, I just saw her be creative in so many ways that I think whether it was like gift giving or food um, or just how she responded herself to things artistically Mm -hmm. um, there's a very different way that she she brought herself to like the game in a way um, as as just an artistically minded person and I think just being around that helped influence me yep I think uh, yeah I think there's been lots of different you know, all the I've I, I studied kind of a little bit of art um, in school, and then I also did like anthropology and environmental studies. So I I did kind of a, com- a combination plate of things, mm-hmm. but I did pick up a lot from you know figure drawing. I think was one of my greatest teachers in so, for so many reasons, and I think you know it's always something new, and it and you appreciate just all the individual things of, about different people and drawing from life is very specific and difficult and challenging and um, beautiful. And, uh, and I just remember I picked up a lot of like, there's little things from teachers and people that along the way that I've definitely resonated. And, and I, I I hold close to my heart, even if I don't quite remember who it's from, but I I know that they've come from other places too. Mm -hmm. Yes. Something that's coming up for me as you're describing this is, you know, as an athlete, I've experienced like preparing for a game the same way over and over again, like pack my bag. Like, this is crazy. You're going to look at a little inside into Cami, but I would pack my mm-hmm. bag a certain way. So I didn't forget, you know, it was always like sandals, mm-hmm. robes, suit, caps, mouth guard. Like mm-hmm. it was always the same stack. So I didn't forget anything and like end up at the pool and we're like about to jump in and play against an opponent. I'm like, Oh, my mouth guard. I forgot my cap, you know? Um, but I would always pack the same way, you know, warm up the same way. I would take like the same kind of shots. We had the same sprint laps and everything. And sometimes that would produce like a phenomenal outcome in my own personal performance. Um, and then you have the team as well, which can elevate that performance or you're, you're really working to pull the, the performance of the team up. But you know, what's interesting is that I would approach it the same way. And sometimes I would have these insane performances and sometimes like you just didn't have a good game. Um, and I am, I'm curious of like, you know, are you like, is there like a warm up period where you're dropping into like, and Mm. you're like, for me, it's like, whenever I have a really good game, I'm like, what was it? Was it my, cause there's Mm -hmm. so many things that have to go right to drop into, we're, we're kind of flirting with the topic of flow Mm -hmm. here to drop into flow. And like, Mm -hmm. it wasn't that different than the last time I prepared for a game. And here I am like killing this game, but I'm like, what was it? What was that small thing, you know, that was different. And so my question is like, have you experienced 
kind of that lack of consistency that I'm talking about, you know, and as an athlete, you're always striving to be consistent with your performance. And I would say like, as in all of these realms, we're striving for consistency and performance. Mm -hmm. Um, and like your approach of like, have you found a sweet spot of how to drop in and like nail that performance Mm -hmm. each time? Or do you feel like that's always evolving for you? Hmm. And does that connect with you? Um, yeah, totally. I mean, I think, we've talked about like that there's like precursors to flow and um to dropping in and and even if it's not like you're um specifically doing like for me it might not be specifically like I I will it probably includes you know having uh cleaned my wetsuit the night before before I I don't feel super cold and gross yeah but it also is kind of like how the day was going and Mm -hmm. how my energy is doing and um how I've connected with people there's different precursors I've noticed that set me up to have a better day sometimes you don't know what's gonna happen out there or you know on the on the page I feel when you're drawing um Mm -hmm. but you can do your best to kind of try to line up some things but then also just embrace a little bit of surrender of whatever the day had and how that will translate into the performance I think because I think uh the struggle is when you feel like you haven't set it up right and that gets in your head yep um and I think if I feel like I've rushed all day for drawing at least and for being creative at home I I kind of have to settle down a little bit of, um, I like to move a lot. I like that adrenaline of surfing and, and, and running and biking, but I have to settle a little bit as well to get into, um, my creative mode. And if I've been running around all day, I'm almost like, Oh, it's not, uh, I haven't set it up. I would like to have it be a little slower or like a little bit more concentrated in a different way. And, um, but sometimes you just don't, you can't do that in just day-to-day life. And so I think if I don't trick myself in my head that I didn't set myself up right for success mm-hmm. um, and I just say, you know, this is just how it was and this is the time that I have. And then I allow myself to drop in, even if it wasn't a perfect setup. Yeah. Um, but there are things that I do like for different for surfing and athletics yep. than, than drawing creativity at home. But I think like music's huge for me. I mm-hmm. think having the right the right sound, the right land sound landscape yep. to set me up. Like I I think I pump myself up so much on the way to like in the car to check the <laughs> the waves. Yes. Yeah. And it depends on like the music I'm listening to. And then I actually like hear it in my head when I'm out there. So it really helps me kind of set the mood. I think too for drawing, music is critical too for me. It sets mm-hmm. the mood and I have to have the right playlists and for just how I'm feeling. Yeah, stretching's good. Yeah. Well, I can't <laughs> help but to think about our Olympic athletes, right? Like we just mm-hmm. watched the Winter Olympics and you're talking about, you know, like like curating a day, like your what happens within your day and how it can influence your performance. Like I was just mm-hmm. talking about warm up, sure. but like that landed for right. me. I'm yeah. like, it's your interactions, mm. it's who you're connecting with, it's like how you're awake, it's all of it. And mm-hmm. you know, and I've, I mean, I've experienced that and felt that, but it's like, you know, and then we're talking about something like you're an Olymp- your Olympic event, you know, and some of these athletes, mm-hmm. I get to play six games at the Olympics, which is nice because you can kind of work your way into it if it's clunky. But like we're talking about people who get one swim, you know, one race down mm-hmm. the, the mountain on skis, you know, or like only two or yeah. three heats of that. And it's like, you know, they're really having to be protective of their energy and how they're curating their day and mm-hmm. what are the things that are evolving in that. And 
you know, mm-hmm. it's like the timing has to be like so divine and right to put it all together. And it's like, we, mm-hmm. we become like, we take all these reps to create that and figure out what is the secret recipe to having like the best mm-hmm. run ever, the best swim ever, the best water polo match ever, right? Like, so that mm-hmm. you can end up on top and on top of that podium. Mm-hmm. And this is the grind. This is like the, this is like the grittiness that you have to do is go through these really hard days and continue to show up and like work through them and say like, wow, today was mm-hmm. just all over the place. And I've got to be able to come to the studio. And like you said, you like to quiet it down and calm it down and try to find a way to connect to this paper. And it's mm-hmm. not easy. It's not easy at all. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's I, I can't quite maybe speak to like the high elite level of like, you know, athletic sports in that way. Uh, Cause I, you know, I, I do love athletics, but I haven't gotten to that level, of, but I do relate to like, just um, pr- the protection of, of the space and mm-hmm. the time and the, and the thing that you're doing that takes such um, intense concentration and focus in a certain way and dedication. Yes. And there is a kind of protection that comes to it and, mm-hmm. and protecting the value of it for yourself and, and the time to, to do it. That's the hardest part for me is finding the time. Yes. I think just in a busy, busy life and is doing that kind of work, um, like personal, personal creativity. It, it, it is like a, it's hard to find that time. And, and so yes. I do feel like I have to set up a little protective yep. way entry to has it. to be yeah. intentional has to have boundaries it has to become the priority mm-hmm. and that's why that yeah. commitment is really something to lift up is like if you can commit mm-hmm. those type of things for yourself to set yourself up for that personal creativity and it's like i would mm-hmm. only imagine it's like so rewarding to be able to drop into flow and personal yeah. creativity and well, can yeah. i add something yeah. there? because this now relates to like a lot of cornelia's work and my job actually recently for her has been to kind of help protect that space, that creative mm-hmm. space, I think, and set her up for um, protecting her entry into um, writing. And I think it's been so enjoyable for me and yes. I really love it because it's like, it's like what I want for myself and yes. I get to do it for somebody else for my job. And so it's been really fun to help her and find ways um, and just, connect through my own intuition about what I would want creatively to set myself up for um, dropping in. And so it's been interesting to have that yeah, work as well. Very cool to have those repetitions and be able to see kind of how that is manifesting for Cornelia and applying it to your own experience of I've definitely learned Mm -hmm. from her and even like teammates and coaches about how we create space and hold space for ourselves and you know, when it's really important and when you can be a little bit looser with it as well. Um, mm-hmm. Eva, I'm curious of, is there, has there been any pivotal points in your creative journey that have really like maybe have felt like aha moments or have like deepened your practice um, or mm. where you felt like you almost passed through like a certain threshold? Mm-hmm. Yeah, there's one recently has kind of happened where like I've been able to let go a little bit more and more. <laughs> but there was a specific time of of a little bit of my perfectionism, which was it came out as me creating an image that was readable and like looked like something. So like, for example, copying a photo and making it look very real. 
that was something I really, you know, thought it valued in my artwork that that was my skill. But I always struggled with it being like, ah, is that like enough? And is that really what I'm trying to do here? What do I want? Mm. Is that translating what I feel? Or am I just doing a technical thing? Um, yeah. And that's great. And I and I appreciate technical artwork and, and just like the ability to recreate something mm-hmm. um, so well. And if there's a meditative quality to it, there's all these great qualities to just um, kind of copying an image or or just redrawing because it'll always be your own interpretation no matter right. what. But I've I've recently come to somehow like loosened up a little bit of my um, my grasping onto mm-hmm. that to feel like that that will make my my artistic endeavors worthy yep. and appreciated in some way by myself or others. Yes. And so I've started to get a little bit more abstract with like. Uh, with the imagery and really work on how do I make it feel the, how do, how do I make it look the emotion I'm feeling at least just Mm -hmm. for me? Mm -hmm. Yeah. And, and if it rings that for somebody else, great. But like, for me, that's, what's important. I just want to feel it on the paper and like, just because then when I, when I do it for myself and it, and it works, Mm -hmm. like, I just want to sit and look at it for a while from afar and take a step back and I just let it settle in. And then I get to kind of, it's like a little mirror and then I get to, realize something else about myself just Mm -hmm. from looking at it outside of myself yep yeah but that's been a kind of a breakthrough for me to to let go of the just of the need to be technical for like approval Mm -hmm. of of, from whoever it is I don't even know nobody's looking at my sketchbook right Right. (laughs) but it is like interesting need for approval that I've realized and and now I've kind of I think broken through a little bit past that yeah wow I probably still gonna be more work to be done but (laughs) of course there always is but what I mean what a profound kind of step to take in in your work that you're doing um immediately comes up for me is what does the role of vulnerability play in your creativity I mean Mm -hmm. I'm like Mm -hmm. you know as you're sharing these feelings and they're kind of unfolding and what you're just talking about I'm like oh like the heart, mm-hmm. the mind, the soul in in this process mm-hmm. of like, you know, having this exchange within, I'm like, that's vulnerable. It's a vulnerable mm-hmm. place. And there's a little bit of the authenticity mm-hmm. that you're really like striving to get of like, I just want it to reflect my emotion on the paper. That's important to me. So there's a little bit of play mm-hmm. of the authenticity, but really like vulnerability. And, and have you gotten curious about that? How does that show up for you in your work or, or play a role? Yeah, I think I bet, you know, I bet I haven't done it. Comp- I bet it's taken me a while to get there because I've been af- probably afraid to be public about like what that feels like, mm-hmm. even even if people can't interpret exactly this w- the same way I am. But um, yeah, I think vulnerability has been, you know, a big part of my life because I do wear my heart on my sleeve a lot of times and you know tears are right up there when yes. there's like an emotional part in a game yes like I'm in this I'm in like we just won and I'm like you know or we lost or yes. you know or something happens and I you know I'm, I'm my emotions just come to the forefront and mm-hmm. even watching Olympics now I get very emotional because I, I remember those feelings mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. um and I'm sure you, yeah you remember those too and and there's something with that, like unity of a team that gets me really emotional because it's just, it's powerful stuff mm-hmm. and there's nothing like it. And so, yeah, vulnerability has been hard on teams for me because of what I shared before. And so I think it's also translated, you know, into, into the creative world too. And 
that's been a protective, I've been protective of it, I think, for yeah. a while. And so I think that's also caused maybe the perfection part of, of wanting to just recreate something mm-hmm. versus really digging deeper and letting out really what's what I want to let out, you know, wow, for myself. Yeah. yeah. Um, mm-hmm. Well, I, that'll be such a beautiful thing for you to slowly but surely explore when the time feels right for you um, as someone that feels the way that you feel and you know, having that beautiful part of who you are. I mean, like how it showed up for you in athletics and how, you know, I'm curious of how it'll start showing up for you in different ways in your creative space. Mm -hmm. Um, There's such a value to it. And I know you know that. Um, And I know you know what the power Mm -hmm. of tapping into that, but it is freaking Mm -hmm. scary, like you said. Mm -hmm. And it's, it's (laughs) out there, you know, I've done a lot of different speaking engagements or sports broadcasting. And I'm like, you know, you're, even this takes courage, you know, to be on a podcast and share your voice, you know, um, it's mm-hmm. courageous, it's courageous work. And I, I can only imagine that in the creative sense of like putting your, you actually said, put your emotions on the paper, like, hello, like that's, yeah. that's there to see. We always, we always, <laughs> we always joked in, a, in school, we had to like present our artwork that are like, our guts are on the wall, <laughs> you know, because that's what so it feels well like. You're like, don't said. look at it. Don't look at my guts. So well it's said. like, oh, they're splayed out for you. <laughs> oh my gosh. That is so well said. Our guts are on the wall. And that's totally what it feels like. Um, you know, and it's mm-hmm. like, I would rather have a meteor hit me on the way to the front of the classroom than hack have to present this work right now but you know and then your guts are on the wall so yeah I think it's it's incredibly courageous work and you know I think gosh like how much would we benefit from just kind of like holding that we've all had to put ourselves out there in one way Mm -hmm. or the other like all of us collectively and just and remembering like you know the artists that changed my life from seeing their guts on the wall yeah <laughs> but like you know just seeing what they've created from their vulnerability and and their hearts and like I know that it's changed everything for me looking at somebody else doing it honestly and so I know I think that motivates me yeah. as well to to do it more honestly do it more authentically or at least strive for it yeah um, because I know I know you can feel the intention mm-hmm. when it is put out there and um and it, it definitely matters mm-hmm. yeah wow powerful if you could connect to all of your fellow creatives right now who are going through the experience of, you know, creativity flowing freely, having the clunky times and frustration of creativity, who are doing the courageous work of putting their guts on the wall. Um, and, you know, you gave us such like great points and how do you work through some of these clunky times and like, what is, like the flow of creativity to you and just the challenges of vulnerability. But if you could connect to them and, you know, kind mm-hmm. of share one thing with your fellow creatives, um, you know, and it doesn't have to be a piece of advice. Maybe it's just, you know, a, a sentence of encouragement, but like as things come up for you, you know, what's a message you would like to share? Hmm. Hello, all creatives. <laughs> yeah. Right. Or even like greetings. Hey, greetings, greetings so, um, but yes, look, even your younger, yeah. <laughs> well, even your younger, like sure. creative self, like what would you tell her? Yes. You know, that's another great way to kind um, of tap into that. Yeah. Oh, that's a good. Yeah, that helps. I think narrow it a little bit for yes. me. Um, I I think I would tell her that it's it's this is important for you, um, and you might not know why, and that's okay. 
Um, but you should follow it because it there's like that sneaky feeling that it is important and it's critical. And um, I think no matter, you know, the obstacle or the person who's telling you not to, because I've had people very close to me, you know, role models tell me not to do it, not mm-hmm. to pursue it. And I think, you know, in the end, it's it's really what matters. And, um, and that it's okay, too, to get space from it. I think you feel like you always have to be doing it to be want to be an artist or to be whatever it is you want to be. But I think it's really okay to let it ebb and flow. Like I, mm-hmm. um, my husband's also a musician and he, you know, has taken space from it as he's needed to and, and come back to it. And um, it's a struggle, but it's also like maybe necessary. And, um, and, and uh, I think to uh, allow yourself to do that as well. Yes. yes. Um, yeah. Yeah. Really well said, Eva. And I, I want to come alongside of you of something that Cornelia shared on her episode here on Mindful Warrior Radio. Mm-hmm. She said, you know, she's embarking on writing this book, you know, first time author. And she's like, the writer's blocks is a part of being an author. The taking the time off mm-hmm. is a part of being an author. The clunkiness is a part of being an author, not just the yeah. moments of flow and creating and producing. That's not just being an author it's all it. Right. Mm-hmm. And so yes, I yes. love that you name that for, you know, your husband, who's a musician, you as a creative and even Cornelia mentioning it as an, you know, embarking on being an author that it's all part of it. Like the failures, the, mm-hmm. you know, the, the space all, I mean, it's like all you, you're a creative, that's it. Yeah. It's all part of it. So and yeah, whether you like it or not, yes. it's like your companion. You can't like, yep. <laughs> it's just, you're kind of stuck with, when it's that, that, that much a core of you, it's like, wherever you are with it, it's still your companion in some way. Right. And just Mm -hmm. owning it and naming it, even in the parts that don't necessarily feel like it or labeling it, you know, um, Mm -hmm. as like, you know, I'm only an athlete when I'm like winning games and scoring great goals. So it's like, I'm an athlete always, even in, in the kind of clunkier, darker times of seasons of not performing the way that I want to, I'm still an athlete. It doesn't discount, you know, how you're showing up. So Eva, thank you so much mm-hmm. for such a thoughtful, inspiring, um, just caring podcast and interview. This has been wonderful. <laughs> um, I'm excited for anyone who's, you know, embarking on anything new, you know, whether it's creative and beyond, um, just to hear your experience and listen to your insight. It's so helpful and it's so real. Um, and I think there's a lot of power in sharing your own journey and, in your real successes and challenges. So um, thank you so much for being a part of this today. And um, hopefully we'll have you back on at some point and good luck with everything in the future. Thank you, Cami. Thanks for all your thoughtfulness and, and hard work to put this together. And yeah, I appreciate yeah your, your hard work and, and you. <laughs> oh, thank you. Thanks Eva. for having me on. Thank you to the listeners who joined us today. I hope you enjoyed our time with creative Eva Boynton as we discussed her experience of how her creativity transpired throughout her life, how finding wonder and awe in places, people, and activities feed her creative drive and specific steps and actions that assisted her to overcoming creative blocks and allowed her to tap into flow. Thank you again for joining us. I look forward to our next discussion here on Mindful Warrior Radio. 
To learn more about Mindful Warrior and Mindful Warrior Radio, please follow us on Instagram at The Real Mindful Warrior and check out our website at www.mindfulwarrior.com. See you next time. Thank you.